Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. What's in a name? So we are in this series. We're part five today. We have looked at uh, four different names. And the names of God are like a, a diamond. It's different facets. Like a lot of us grew up with just hearing the name God. And we're like God is the overall arching power of all the universe. And the creator Elohim, we were told when we first started this series, is the strong creator. And But that's not all there is to him. And If we would travel through the Bible, if you would read through your Bible, if I would read through my Bible, you would be fascinated at how grand and how diverse and how multifaceted Jehovah God, Almighty God is. He has many names that are expressed all the way through the Old Testament, right on into the New Testament to Jesus. He has multiple names right on into the Holy Spirit who has multiple names. And because there's not one name that could just describe how awesome God is. And so uh, I think Brian said when he launched this series that if we hang around long enough, we're going to find a name of God, a description of God that will fit us right where we are right now. And I think that's very true. Like today. Today our name for God is Jehovah Nisi. Can you say this? Jehovah Nisi. It means the banner. Jehovah, our Lord, the banner. The Lord is our banner, or the Lord prevails. Now, banners, uh, if you came out of the charismatic, I'm going to show my age a little bit here, uh, charismatic uh, churches, we used to have banners all over the walls. We'd have God's names on the banners around the wall back 20, 30 years ago. And uh, just so we could be reminded of all the various ways God expressed himself. Uh, In the text today in Exodus 17, we're going to see that uh, this is the first place that we see God called the banner, Jehovah Nisi, God our banner. And uh, when you think of banners, I, I think about, I was at a Boy Scouts once and we had these pennants, you know what I'm talking about, that you would, you know, you, every troop had its own pennant and like this, so that's kind of a small one there. We had a bigger bigger one than that. And, and like if you went to these jamborees uh, where there would be just thousands of kids everywhere and and I would be in a group usually that would stray off and uh, go out in the woods or somewhere. They would come back to this huge uh, field and there would be just so many tr- kids everywhere that in order to find our way back to the troop that we were a part of, we look for that pennant. We look for that flag that was up in the air. Some of us in our church, this is actually a pennant from one of our members uh, who served in Vietnam and, and uh I asked him, I said, can I use your pennant? He said, yeah, and this is the one that they used in Vietnam and lifted up whenever they were there. Uh, We have uh, a member of our church who this past week carried the Olympic torch in Brazil. Uh, Tatiana carried it right before it got to the Coliseum. She was the one carrying it. 
and before it was handed off. And, you know, that is kind of a symbol, holding up that torch. Everybody's looking at it, following it, knowing something is awesome is about to happen. Actually, it's the flame that never goes out, not the torch itself, but they're carrying the Olympic flame. And so uh, pennants or flags or banners are used in different ways. They're not just for attention, but they reflect something and they represent something. And in the Old Testament, uh, they were very, very important. So we're going to read a section of Scripture over in Exodus 17 uh, where we see this term, this description for God. And uh, I think maybe there's some of us in here today who are going to say, gosh, that is exactly... This is exactly who I need to run to today. It's Jehovah Nisi. So let's read this. Uh, Exodus 17. Put it up on the screens. Here we go. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Lord, put power on your word this morning. Breathe life on it. Uh, Meet with us today, God, and Jehovah Nisi, would you come and would you raise your banner over our heads today so that we can come to you in a new and a fresh way today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You have a fill-in on the back of your handout if you want to flip it over. You should have received a pen as well. It's just a way to track along. But just set this up. This is not very long after the Israelites have left Egypt. And so uh, they have already gotten a little bit tired. There's hundreds of thousands of them moving across, trying to make it to the desert. Uh, They've already ran out of food. God had to provide for them. They've already ran out of water twice, and God had to miraculously provide for them. Uh, So you can imagine just how weary and how tired they probably are trying to get out with all that they've been through. And if you read, it's, it's, it's funny, but it's a picture of us. I mean, the people just start complaining like, There's a point right before this where they say, is God even among us? You ever felt like that? That's one of the reasons I love the Bible. It's so honest because, let's be honest, there are times in our lives when we wonder, is God even here? I mean, is he even among us right now? And so you first fill in is this, and that is that Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, when the battle seems unwinnable. When the battle seems unwinnable, thirsty, hungry, tired, trying to bring their children, their older, the older people, most likely the uh, Amalekites, they probably attacked that last group of people that were trying to get out, the weaker ones. God doesn't like you picking on the weak ones. And, uh, and so, you know, Moses gets directions to, hey, go take care of business. And uh, so probably that's another 
another portion of their, like, I don't know how we're going to make this, Moses. We've already been without food. We've been without water. It just looks kind of hopeless. You ever been where you can't go back and you can't go forward? Because that's where they were. We can't go back. The Egyptians are there. We can't go forward. The Amalekites are there. What are we going to do? Jehovah Nisi. Raise the banner of the Lord up over where you are. When it seems like some things are going on in your life and it's just, you're not, you can't, you, there's no direction to go. You don't know what you're going to do. Then look to God as the banner over us. That is the one who wins. The, the one who wins the battles. Jehovah Nisi. And so Moses goes up on the mountain and uh, he takes Aaron and her. Those are two guys there. And uh, to go with him, and he tells Joshua to fight the battle. There are times when you become what I heard this week mentioned from two different people. Isn't it funny how God will drop something in your life from two different places at two different times? This phrase came to me by two people this week. From our friend Linus Morris, we were talking, FaceTiming this week. And then I was listening to a testimony by a woman named Darlene Rose. Darlene Rose was a missionary uh, to Papua New Guinea during World War II. And uh, the Japanese took over, took her captive. And in her, I was listening to this old recording of her giving her testimony. And she spoke about being taken captive. And she said she couldn't go back to being the missionary. And she couldn't go forward to be released. And she was a prisoner of hope. A prisoner of hope. And in times like this where you can't go back and you can't go forward. Jehovah Nisi. I am a prisoner of hope. I have hope because the Lord is my banner. And he is over me. She... uh, She said that Dr. Jeffries, who was her pastor and one of the lead missionaries there in Papua New Guinea, looked at her as as he was being loaded onto a truck, and she never saw him again. And he turned to her in this Scottish accent and looked at her and said, Lassie, be a good, faithful soldier of Jesus Christ. And that was the last words that he said to her. A prisoner of hope. Those times when you can't go back and you can't go forward. You lift the banner of Jehovah Nisi over you. And that will be enough. And it was enough for her. What a beautiful, it's unbelievable. You should look, that's her book, Evidence Not Seen. And uh, but also you can hear her testimony if you, if you search it out. That's it's just fascinating to listen to. I imagine that the Israelites felt like that at this time. Worn out, so many of them to take care of. And uh, the situation just looked unwinnable like it it just couldn't be done I I think a lot of times the the banner some of you don't come from a charismatic background even though this is quite normal in all kinds of churches nowadays but the lifting of your hands uh, I know a few years ago I just take it for granted you know we lift our hands in worship and praise and and I finally mentioned why and someone came up to me said I'm so glad you told me that because I thought you wanted to ask a question I wasn't sure, you know, of what was going on. And, and uh, it comes from, part of this is acknowledging the king, you know, that you acknowledge who is king. And it's not me. <laughs> it's not us. It's, it's the king, Lord God. But also it's a way of like, if you think about Moses at this moment on the mountain 
As the enemy has raised up a banner against Israel, against God, so Moses raises up the staff, the same staff that delivered them from Egypt. This is the presence and the power of God represented. And then his hands as well as he beseeches God and he points to God. And so if you want, to, if you want some help this morning, lift up your banner. You know, his banner over me is Jehovah Nisi, is, you know, that he is my banner. And so that's part of lifting the hands too. It's just acknowledging. And that's what Moses was doing. He was acknowledging that though the battle looks unwinnable, it's not. It's not because the Lord is my banner. He is the pennant. Uh, He is the one that we fight under. He is the one that we serve under. This exodus is led by the one who holds this pennant, Jehovah Nisi. You get this? When you lost your way, when you can't, when you think you're not winning the battle, whose battle is it anyway? Some theologians think that uh, Amalek, the king of the Amalekites, who is an ancestor of Esau in the Bible, these desert dwellers, they think that he's kind of a picture of our flesh because he says we have to battle from generation to generation until one day he'll be taken care of. And that is like the things that we struggle in our flesh, we have to keep fighting, fighting, Generation to generation until finally Jesus comes and he eradicates that from our lives and from our, the generations to follow in our families and all. And so uh, this Amalek looks like he's, he cannot be beat, that he cannot be you know, taken over and he cannot be pushed back. But because Jehovah is Jehovah Nisi and his banner, that's just not true. So when you're in a situation this morning and it seems like it's unwinnable, then lift up the banner of Jehovah Nisi. I heard a story years ago of a worship leader. He wrote a lot of songs back in the 70s and the 80s worship songs. And he, got, he gets a call one night that his wife had gotten in a horrible accident and he had lost her. And when I heard him speak, he said, he said, I was there by myself. I was on the road. I was on a trip. And it was right there by myself. And he said, I was just, of course, devastated, and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I, didn't, I, I, I just started crying, and he said he heard this voice. He heard the Lord's voice as, as you only hear it a certain way during times like that, as some of you know. And he said, he heard the Lord say, Robert, lift your hands to me. Lift your hands. And he said, what? He said, lift your hands to me right now. Lift the banner up. Uh, I, it feels like I've left you, but I have not left you. Lift, lift your banner. Lift your hands up. And he said, no, I didn't make it any easier losing my wife, but the presence of God filled that place at that moment in such a way I can't, still I can't describe it. It was a very unique experience with God at that time as he came and he flooded my loss and he filled my heart in the pain as I knew that he was still God, he was still Lord. That indeed he was Jehovah Nisi. So when you think you're facing something that's unwinnable, Jehovah Nisi. Call on the God whose banner is over you. Secondly, Jehovah Nisi, when we need to pull together. Jehovah Nisi, when we need to pull together. This is the first battle for the children of Israel after leaving Egypt. This is also the first time we see Joshua mentioned in the Bible, right here. Isn't it interesting that Moses 
gets Joshua and says, choose some of the troops and go out and fight the Amalekites. It was like his first test because who is Joshua going to become? He's going to be Moses' successor, right? And so the first time we see Joshua, he gets this assignment, a rather huge assignment to go out and fight. And uh, it didn't, it wasn't just Joshua that won this battle. As we just read the text, Moses says to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight. I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. When Moses' hands grew tired, they, Aaron and Hur, took a stone and put it under him. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. You see how many people are involved in this? When we need to pull together as a church, it's the banner that we, that we run to. During this period of time, and this really isn't uh, any different, I guess, today, even though we've got so many ways of communication, but in this time, if the troops got scattered after a battle and they didn't know where they were, what they would do is they would see the pennant hoisted way up. And that soldier or that group of people who are off somewhere would look and say, there's the banner, there it is. But we got to get back over here. And so all the troops would rally to that point, to that banner, because they were having to regroup for the next assignment. And it's no different in church, is it? I mean, it takes everybody to do what we're called to do. There's no way one person can do it. Moses was an old dude by this time. I mean, I love this story. It's like the old guy goes, the young guy, find some guys to go out and fight. I'm going up on the hill. You know, it's like. Yeah, I'll go up here and pray for you guys while you fight, you know, and, uh, <laughs> which I think is real smart. That's good. And, uh, and so Moses, but he takes two of his assistants. You know, he takes two with him. And uh, Joshua keeps his eye up on Moses because he knows he's seen Moses' life and he's seen what God's done through that representation of that staff. And he knows that when God, when God spoke to Moses and Moses responded that God was there. And so Joshua's watching. He wants to make sure there's prayer. He wants to make sure that there are people with him. Not just the troops on the ground, but there are people praying. And there are people lifting up this whole battle to God at the same time. And so it it is a rallying point. The banner of God is a rallying point for all of us to do our part. Because that battle would not have been won without each one of these people. I mean... If Aaron and Hur had not been there to scoot the rock over to get Moses on, to hold his arm up, literally, to hold his staff up, literally, for him, then Joshua would have become demoralized. And it even says that when the staff was up and when he could see Moses' hand, he won. But when he didn't see it, he lost. What does that mean? People died. He lost. And so the banner of the Lord is, that is our insignia. You know, for any church, for us as a church, the whole question is, do we see the banner of the Lord hoisted over everything we do? If the banner of the Lord is over our ministries, over our church, over our outreach, if Jesus is the purpose and the reason and he is the one that we're following, then we can rally together. We can put aside a lot of our differences and we can come together in unity and we can see wonderful things happen. Wonderful things happen. So when we need to rally, when we need to pull together, Jehovah Nisi 
That's the question I always ask. If I start getting a little bit frustrated, if I start going, oh, man, how are we going to do this? What's that? We're dealing with this challenge. I like to ask, is the penance still there? You know, do I have it in my life? Is it there in the church? Because if the penance of God is there in your life, and that is your purpose for being a part of a, a, a faith family, then we can do this thing. We can do this together. Because we can all submit our own preferences and all to that banner, right? We can all say, God, whatever you're calling us to, whatever battle we have to fight, I'm willing to submit what I have to you. Because I want to be a part of this group that is taking this on. And I, I think that's just a, it's a great example for us as a church. Because uh, there is no one person can ever get this done. I mean, Moses was an amazing, amazing person. Especially to be in his 80s doing this stuff, right? <laughs> and, uh, but yet he still couldn't do it by himself. And he was preparing again with Joshua. Here's Joshua's first assignment. And it's going to be a number of years before Joshua ever steps in to what he has. But it began right here as soon as they left Egypt. Joshua begins to get his assignment and his training. And as we come together, as we all take our part and take our responsibilities seriously, then we can get some really big stuff done around here. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff going on with the International Cafe and people touching people's lives and all, but we are just tasting just a little bit of what God has for us as a church. Just a few verses over, or even in the next chapter, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, comes to him. And he says, I've been watching you, Moses, and man, you are working yourself into the grave. He says, well, what am I supposed to do? People come to me and they complain all the time. People come to me, they want me to settle the problems. And, and uh, Jethro goes, well, if you keep doing this, you're not going to be any good for the journey. You're not going to make this journey across the desert. Here's what you need to do. You need to go out and find some good leaders of tens, of fifties, of hundreds, and of thousands. And you need to give those people some responsibility. And you need to let them answer the questions with their respective area of influence. You, you deal with the things that are most important that God has brought to you. But the rest, you let them deal with it. It probably saved Moses' life right there. Can you imagine 80-some years old meeting with tens of thousands of people every day having to settle every skirmish as you move this group across the desert? And, uh, you know, Jehovah Nisi, our banner, it's not Jehovah Moses, you know, or Moses Nisi. It's Jehovah Nisi. It's God that we rally around. And if each of us here at the vineyard take our responsibilities and we run with them and we get under this thing, then, man, this thing is going to move right along just like the children of Israel continue to move right along across the desert to the promised land. Jehovah Nisi, when we need to rally, when we all need to come together. In uh, Acts 6, 1 through 7, they were having a problem in the early church. It was, it was kind of a good problem, I guess, because the church, early church, was moving and growing so quickly. Uh, but they were having to take care of a lot of people, including widows, to make sure that the widows had food. There's something the church, you know, from the very beginning was doing was taking care. But in the early church, there were Greek-speaking widows, Jewish widows, and there were Hebrew-speaking widows. 
because they spoke two different languages that seemed to be that the Hebrew widows were getting a little more preference than the Greek-speaking widows. And so there was a complaint that came to the church. And the leaders of the church, they uh, this early, early church, early on in the book of Acts, they look at each other and go, gosh, you know what? If we're, gonna, if we're feeding people, this is what the apostle said, if we, if we have to do this, we're not going to be able to spend the time studying and teaching and preaching and evangelizing like we we need to do. Let's find seven people and let's find people who are full of the Holy Spirit and let's delegate this out. And as you read that scripture, as you read what happens, uh, it says that uh, the disciples increased, that the leaders came to Christ, priests came to Christ, and the widows were fed. And that's what happens when we all come around Jehovah Nisi, the banner of the Lord. We lay aside our own kingdoms and such, and we come in and we serve to see that people are taken care of. And Moses was learning this early on, that he can't get it done by himself. And neither can we, and neither can you in your area of ministry. You're never meant to do it alone. Never meant to do it alone. You're meant to do it with others. And uh, one of my prayers for our church right now, one of the things that I feel like God really says to us is we have to create a pipeline in every area of ministry where young people and other people are continually fed into it and trained. Every leader in this church needs to be bringing people along with them, bringing people along with them, handing it off, helping train, giving it away. Don't hold on to anything so tight that you can't bless somebody else with it and help them do it. And so how can we do that? When Jehovah, Nisi, when his pennant is over our head and we realize that we're moving together and we have to do this together the same way that Moses saw this. The third one is Jehovah Nisi, when I need to find my way home. Jehovah Nisi, when I need to find my way home. That pennant up in the air. Soldier who would get separated in this day and time would look for that pennant, as I said earlier, so he could find his way back. If the church lifts up the pennant of Jehovah, Nisi, it will draw, because it's Christ that we're talking about. He said he would draw all people to him, wouldn't he? It's not like the, the banner of the vineyard or the banner of this, you know, even though I, I love vineyard, I'm vineyard through and through, but that's not the banner that we lift up. The banner is Christ himself. We lift up Jesus Christ because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men into me. Of course, he was talking about his crucifixion. But is there a greater banner in this world than the cross of Christ? Of Christ being lifted up above all of us? Saying, as we sang a while ago, that we all could come to him now. He is the banner. And some of us today... We're stuck in a place. We're stuck in a place where we feel like we can't go back and we can't go forward. We don't know where to go. And if you sense there is like confusion and disorientation in your life, then what a great morning to say, Jehovah Nisi, my banner, where are you? I just want to get back to you. I had a friend years ago who was in our youth group. And he went through some terrible times. He, uh, he just really, really got some terrible times but then he came out of it and I was a part of, of some of his journeys and now he's doing great he got a great family awesome profession affecting 
hundreds and hundreds of lives now. But he told me one day at lunch, he said, Tim, when I was in that pit, when I was drugs and I was lost and then I went through detox and I went through all the recovery and all of that, he said, the one thing I remember was this. If I could get back to what I felt in that youth group, I would be okay. I mean, this had been 25 years earlier in his life. If I could just get back to what I experienced. And I said, well, what was that? He says, I don't know. Tell me. I said, that was Jesus. That's who that was. That's what you sensed. That was the banner of Jesus Christ being lifted up in that youth group. And what you sensed and what you felt was Christ himself. And maybe to you today, that's the same thing that's happening. You're thinking, if I could just get back. If I could find my way back, Jehovah Nisi, the banner is raised high this morning. This guy came back. He's counseling people. He's ministering to people, praying for people, seeing people healed. And loves Jesus with all of his heart. It's just an amazing thing when you finally make your way back to Jehovah Nisi. So when you're lost and you can't find your way, it's Jehovah Nisi. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Would you bring your presence? I pray for a a picture, Lord, in, in our lives, even right now, of a banner waving, saying, come home, come home. Come this way. you feel like you can't go back and you can't go forward, I sure would like to pray for you. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me, Tim, right there. I'm in that spot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Raise your standard, Jesus, your pen. Raise your flag. Raise your banner. hearts of those who need to see you who need to come to you just wait just a minute Spirit, sweep through. Give hope where there has been hopelessness. Where there's been loneliness, thinking that I have to do life alone. Lord, I pray that we see the pennant, see the flag, rally to the flag with all the rest of us so that we can go together and follow you, Lord, into your mission. Your flag represents mission to what you've called us to, to follow it, to follow you together. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.